0: hey welcome back oh geez did i step on your blue suede shoes i am so sorry i didn't mean to there's just so many people in here anyways i'm glad you made it back the guest who got lost last time finally made it so grab a cocktail and join the party oh that hollywood party yes i can't hear you hello hello, hello? This week's potential guest has everything. Mommy issues, multiple wives, jacked up kids, and a court battle over their estate. He is also thought to be one of America's greatest comedians. This one's for the straight dudes who join in, all five of them. We're getting to know Groucho Marx, or the name he was born with, Julius Henry Marx. Don't worry, I'm not going to refer to them by their real names. Simon, or Sam Marx, who was his dad, went by Frenchie because he moved from France in 1881 to live in New York City. He apprenticed for a while to become a great tailor like the uncle that he lived with in New York. His work ethic did not match his uncle's and people soon found out that just because the last names were the same, the quality of work was not. He never used a tape measure, so people are just walking around with wonky ass trouser legs. Minnie Schoenberg met Frenchie when she was 19. Her family came from Germany and she was one of eight kids. Although she worked in a sweatshop, she was smart and extremely ambitious. She knew Frenchie didn't have his eye on the prize like she did, but he was charming and friendly, and she was 19 and dumb. They married, and she made sure they moved into a better neighborhood and brought her parents to live with them. Their first child, Manfred, died of TB before his first birthday. Five more boys quickly followed Leonard, Adolf, Julius, Milton, and Herbert. Let me redo that Chico, Harpo, Groucho, Gummo, and Zeppo. Although they didn't get their stage names until later, I might as well explain them now and just get it out of the way. Chico, I'm saying that correctly. It's not Chico like the store your mom shops at. It's Chico because he was a ladies man, chick. Harpo played the harp, Groucho was a grouch. Gummo was always sick and would put on gum shoes, galoshes, at any sign of rain. And Zeppo, nobody really knows what the hell's going on with him. The dynamic at home is not traditional. Frenchie does all the cooking because he was a fabulous cook. After Minnie's mom dies, the family becomes less and less Jewish. She sees a lot of Jews getting out of their world by marrying non-Jews. She wants that for her boys, but she knew no one would marry them unless they were somebodies. Her coloring was very fair, and so were her first two boys. She would bleach their hair as infants just to make them look even lighter. Groucho looked more German-Jewish, and she would remind him that he wasn't attractive in her eyes because of that. And he had wonky eyes, so that really didn't help out much either. She clearly favored the lighter colored boys, especially Chico, he was the number one in her eyes. She called Groucho the jealous one. So strap in, Minnie is a real piece of work. Unfortunately, none of them are great at school. Some of them even get beat up by Irish kids who toss them out of school windows. Chico is actually good at math because he is a street gambler and will steal pants from his dad's shop, stuff from his brothers, whatever, and take it to a pawn shop so he can have more cash to gamble with. Minnie eventually makes him learn to play the piano just to keep his hands busy. And like father, like son, he learns just enough to get by and starts playing in the honky-tonks. Groucho is the middle child. Everyone else partners up, so he just does his own thing. He loves reading pulp magazines, dime novels, comics, whatever he can get his hands on. Groucho left school before he was bar mitzvahed to help the family make money. He delivered wigs and sang in an Episcopal choir and got a dollar a week for that. After seeing Groucho sing, Minnie realized that her least favorite was gonna be the one to make the family famous. The boy's Uncle Al was in a comedy group making $250 a week, and whenever he'd roll into town, he was the favorite because he'd get every single kid on the stoop a dollar. Deep down, Groucho wanted to be a writer, but show business sure sounded a lot better than delivering wigs. In the summer of 1905, he joins the Leroy Trio, which was a traveling vaudeville act. He said it was the first time in his entire life that he wasn't a non-entity the first night they perform one of the guys in the trio was tap dancing and the tap shoe flies off and smacks a lady in the face whatever mr leroy said it was a Lollapalooza. we need to bring that word back i think it's time mr leroy was gay and he was having a fling with another guy in the troupe, this buffed out butch queen while they were in colorado the lovers take all of the money and run off together Groucho has to wire back to Minnie, and she sends him money, and he comes home with his tail between his legs. Now, Minnie takes over his professional life. I would say personal, but he doesn't really have one. He starts singing songs in beer gardens, and then goes out west with a lady named Lily Seville to sing with her. He wears a grouch bag, which is a little drawstring bag to keep money or whatever you want around your net he only tells lily about it and yup she runs off with the animal trainer and takes all of groucho's money when he makes it home this time his dad does not think he has any talent and says you won't be a man until you learn how to play pinochle um yeah what a great skill thanks for the tip dad i've been seeing a little trend in some of my guests they have lazy oh pardon me <coughs> non-ambitious fathers elvis's dad carol's dad who just wasn't even around George Cukor's dad took a backseat to mom. The only dad who had any kind of hustle was Desi's. I don't really know what this is saying, but it's just a trend I'm seeing. Moving on. He auditioned with this guy named Gus Edwards. He had a troupe and a lot of people started working with him in the beginning of their careers. George Jessel, Eddie Cantor, Ray Bolger, Eleanor Powell, Mae Murray, and effing Walter Winchell all start off with this guy. Groucho was hired to be in a group called the Messenger Boys this time he stacks furniture in front of his door so no one can come in and steal from him also during this trip he loses his virginity to a streetwalker and gets gonorrhea wrap it up kids Minnie put an ad in variety that says a very big hit master julius marks finally his mom is showing him the love that he wants all he has to do is work hard to keep it she talks a director into doing something with groucho and chico she tells him kids acts are all the rage Minnie is older than Mama Rose, mother of Gypsy Rose Lee. Mama Rose is the one who everyone thinks of as the original pain-in-the-ass stage mother, but I think Minnie is her soul sister for sure. Once this director steps down to go work on something else that's not a kiddie act, Minnie appoints herself in charge, fires the girl who was in the group because she's not family, and literally pulls Harpo out of a movie house where he was playing the piano and tells him he has to come work with his brother's act in Coney Island. Harpo gets on stage for the first time and gives himself a pump-up speech in his head. You're a man now, not a boy. Don't be scared of all these people. And then he pisses his pants in front of everyone. Luckily, they all thought it was hilarious. Minnie encouraged her sons to go with Fast women. She didn't need any of them getting married and messing up the tiny bit of success they already had. And besides that, she was number one in her son's lives, because that's not weird. Chico made his way through the chorus girls and the ones he was done with he tossed down and passed to his brothers. Why are guys so gross? Like, that's not... bleh. Groucho was so programmed to think that he was ugly that he would just pay hotel maids two to three bucks an hour for their company. In 1910, they moved to Chicago to get onto three different vaudeville circuits. Family acts are a big deal back then. The Four Cohans, the Three Keatons, Dolly Sisters, you get it. This is when they start doing their parody songs. Think Weird Al, funny words over a famous beat. That is really what started giving them some traction and success. And Groucho is finally able to be a writer. Not the kind he wants to, but it's something. And they aren't kids anymore. I think many pushing them in the direction of hookers hinted at that. But they're still guys, and they're not as laser-focused as Mom, so whenever they would go off on some weird tangent on stage, she would be in the wings saying, Green Bomb, who was their landlord, who had threatened to kick them out onto the streets the second they missed a payment. Uncle Al was in town and helped them cook up a new act called Home Again. This is when Harpo starts pantomiming, and also when all their stage personas were born. Apparently, this production was so good that W.C. Fields would not share billing with them, and Jack Benny refused to follow them. A man named Art Fisher was the guy who christened them with all of their stage names. There was a comic strip called Sherlocko the Monko. See, the name ending with O? That's where it came from. Groucho hated his nickname and said it sounded like I'm the kind of guy who goes around whipping children. While on tour, Groucho meets Charlie Chaplin for the first time and invited him to come see their act. Charlie read the newspaper the entire time just to screw with them. So all the brothers showed up in orthodox rabbi garb to his show and left totally offended. not really, in the middle of the act causing a scene. They met up again in Salt Lake City and the guys took Chaplin to a whorehouse. Groucho said that Chaplin was too shy and stayed downstairs and hung around with the madam and her little dog. Maybe it wasn't shyness. They probably just didn't have any underage girls for him. Oh, it's sad cause it's true. He was freaking gross. Afterwards, Chaplin told Groucho that he was offered a deal to make one to two real comedies in Hollywood, but didn't really want to do it. You don't like money? Asked Groucho. When they met up five years later, Chaplin's money had significantly changed, as did his shyness regarding sex. They made other friends on the road like Fanny Bryce and Will Rogers. They also pissed off plenty of theater owners along the way. One guy hated them so much, he paid them $900 in nickels, dimes, and pennies as the brothers pull the bags of coins to the train station to get to their next gig. One of them says, I hope that guy's theater burns down. And it did that very night. In 1915, they move onto a farm because apparently if you were a farmer, you couldn't get drafted into the war. I don't really know about this rule. I feel like it's bullshit. They raised chickens. It did not go well. Then they raised guinea pigs because they heard they were used in labs. But actually, it was white rabbits, so they just let the guinea pigs loose out into the wilds of Chicago. Eventually, the draft did catch up with them, but they were rejects. Bad eyesight, bad kidney, overage, underage. All of them except Gummo, who apparently had a little bit of a stutter, so many told him, eh, we can do without you. He hated being on stage, so this was actually a really good thing for him. Zeppo ended up covering for Gummo, and as usual, last minute, Minnie told Zeppo, quit your job, we're starting tonight. He was working at the Ford factory, but more importantly, he had a double date that night. His friend took both girls out, and some tough guys tried to rough them up, so his friend shot one of the guys to death. Now, I would have been there too, but because this was my buddy, Zeppo explained, I would have done the same thing, and I would have gotten in the same trouble. He went to prison for 20 years. I don't know what would have happened to me if my mother hadn't called me, sent me to Rockford, Illinois, and Gummo hadn't been patriotic and joined the army. The next year, Chico was the first one who got hitched. He married Betty Karp, a 19-year-old Jewish girl. It should come to no surprise that he did not change his ways. Betty caught him kissing one of the chorus girls, and he told her he was just whispering into her mouth. Oh, okay, guy, what the... The family moves back to New York in 1920 to make it in the big time. Groucho was 30 when he married Ruth Johnson, a blonde actress and dancer. He didn't like his mother-in-law and many didn't like Ruth. Minnie didn't like anyone but her sons, and I'm not totally convinced she liked them very much either. Ruth worked with the brothers for a while, but Zeppo accidentally let her fall onto a kettle drum in the orchestra pit while they were dancing on stage. She quit when Groucho refused to fire his brother. Although Ruth liked to party and Groucho liked to stay home and read, they managed to have a son, Arthur. Groucho wanted to spend as much time as he could with Arthur to make up for his own crappy childhood or lack of childhood. But in doing this, he pushed Ruth to the side, taking over the mothering role so she just started drinking a lot. After his marriage, Groucho was able to gain a leadership role in the group, alongside with Mama Minnie. They also did their first movie. It was so bad, the audience booed and catcalled the screen. The movie has since been lost. Well, it wasn't really lost, it was dumped into a fire, so we know where it went. They were signed by the William Morris Agency. Apparently, they didn't see the movie. Minnie had taken them as far as she could, but please believe she did not want to give up control of the group. They went to London and planned on leaving Minnie behind because they're big boys now. She told them, quote, I am a maker of men, and everything you are, you owe to me. Apparently this is when they changed Minnie's story and recast her as a wise and wonderful mother because she shaped them into the stars they became. Why would they do that, you might ask? Jewish guilt. The overseas trip was a bust because no one could understand them. They finally make it to Broadway with I'll say she is. There was a girl playing an ingenue in this play, and I swear to God, her stage name was Lotta Miles. Goodbye, that was amazing. This was during the Broadway season of 1923 to 1924, and it was the first time people were introduced to a lot of big names that we take for granted right now. The Marx Brothers, Gershwin's Fred Astaire, Gertrude Lawrence, George S. Kaufman. While getting fitted for a dress to wear to their big opening night premiere, Minnie fell and broke her leg. Kind of fitting for the stage of course she still went she was brought into the theater on a stretcher like she was cleopatra or something after the show harpo goes straight to bed because he just knows it was garbage it's awful all the papers give them rave reviews gorgeous clowns and uproarious fun charlie chaplin said it was the best musical review i've ever seen ironically harpo was the biggest hit alexander woolcott was a critic for the new yorker and a member of the algonquin roundtable which was a group of smarties who would just get together, have lunch, and talk shit every day. The Clifton Webb character in the movie Laura was based on Wolcott, and yes, he was gay. He told Harpo he was, quote, the funniest man he'd ever seen on stage, and he asked him to join the lunch group. Apparently, he was actually in love with Harpo, who said this on the matter. I could never figure Alec out completely, nor he me. He was too complicated, and I was too simple. Our friendship was a lifelong game of, who am I? It was frustrating, exasperating, and sometimes downright silly, but it was a good, rewarding game. He was a true friend. Groucho came a few times, and although he was the more well-read of the brothers, hell, he was even a literary humorist for The New Yorker. The group was still really cliquish, and Harpa was their chosen favorite. The brothers took the show on a first-class tour in 1925. During one of their shows, Chico disappeared mid-show. Nobody knew what the hell happened. They all thought, oh man, this guy got murdered for sure. Chico was the one who liked to gamble, and with more money meant more gambling. So he apparently owed this guy Nick the Greek? A ton of money and so he had to hide out for a few days when he returned he didn't even mention he was gone nothing happened groucho already resented him for being the favorite and being irresponsible with money and women so him screwing around with their business really pissed him off it shouldn't surprise anyone that groucho was the only brother to invest his money the other guys spent it at the racetrack or on cars ruth was extremely jealous of chico's wife betty who was always getting new furs and jewelry What Ruth didn't realize was Betty got them because Chica was screwing around on her. And if he needed money, she had to hawk all those furs and jewelry and whatever else he gave her to pay for the debt. Groucho still was not great to Ruth. He would bitch her out if she bought anything without his permission. He was a real authoritarian. Yet somehow, they have another child, Miriam, in 1927. The Coconuts was the next show they did. Irving Berlin was persuaded to do the music, and George S. Kaufman wrote it all up. By the end of it, neither wanted to work with the brothers again because they were constantly ad-libbing. This was also the first time they used Margaret Dumont. She was a very upper-crust type actress. She was married to a sugar heir who died young, so she just went back to acting. Groucho would jump on the train of her gown during the show, dislodging it from her dress, and she would have to walk off the stage with her undies showing. Although she was known as the fifth Marx brother, Groucho really took a lot of his resentment towards Minnie out on Margaret. He really liked to use women as the butt of all of his jokes, and he had a really hard time separating his stage persona, because, uh, there probably wasn't a different off-stage persona. In 1928, they do Animal Crackers on Broadway, and it's two times the puns. Irving Berlin refused to work with him again, so they bring in Burt Kalmar and Henry Ruby. They wrote the songs Hello, I Must Be Going and Hooray for Captain Spaulding. They also wrote I Wanna Be Loved By You, not sung by the Marx Brothers. Animal Crackers was such a popular show that scalpers sold $10 tickets for $100 a pop. That's $1,500 in 2020 money. Like I said, it's 1928 and Hollywood needs some sound pictures. So William Morris negotiates to get $100,000 to bring the coconuts to the big screen for Paramount. They film it in Astoria, Queens, so they can do their Broadway show at night. Of course, the brothers all thought this is gonna tank, but it was one of the top money makers of 1929. Later that year, Minnie had a stroke after leaving Harpo's house for dinner one night. Frenchie turned the car back around because he figured Harpo will know what to do. He's not a doctor. She ended up dying in his arms. You can bet Alexander Wolcott wrote her obituary for the New Yorker, double-page bread. He claimed she invented them. Groucho really resented that, and he said, Sure, Mom gave us a push, but we did all the work. We were the ones with the talent. The hits kept coming because Groucho lost his life savings in the stock market. All he had left was his house. Look at it this way, Chico told him. You lose your money in the stock market. I toss mine away on dames and gambling. Who had the most fun? Of course, Groucho was super emo about it and refused to go on stage one night. Harry Ruby said, fine, I'll go, and he starts putting on the mustache. Finally, Groucho got up and said, no audience deserves to look at you all evening, and he got his ass back to work. They toured England again. It went way better this time, and upon their return, they moved to Hollywood to go work for Paramount. Herman Mankiewicz was a supervisor on monkey business, and he told his writers this. The Marx Brothers are mercurial, devious, and ungrateful. I hate to depress you, but you'll rue the day you ever took this assignment. This is an ordeal by fire. Make sure to wear asbestos pants. They all met at the Hollywood Roosevelt to read through the script. None of the brothers laughed. Groucho just got up and said, it stinks, come on, and he left. Uncle Al got a job writing to help punch up the dialogue and Frenchie was used as an extra in two of the scenes. For the next two movies, Margaret Dumont is replaced with Thelma Todd. Thelma Todd is someone we might get to know later. She's involved in one of the biggest mysteries from old Hollywood. She was known as the ice cream blonde, real cute and funny. She had this great big building on PCH called Thelma Todd's Sidewalk Cafe. It's still there and it's totally haunted. Because one night, she ends up dead in her car that was parked in the closed garage underneath her cafe. There's no suicide note, but her ex-husband had come by earlier to chat with her that night. He worked for Lucky Luciano, so you can guess what happened. Monkey Business was released the same day as Charlie Chaplin's City Lights, and it was a massive hit. One critic said they are exactly like ordinary people and act just as we should if social regulations did not prevent us from behaving that way. So for the next picture, Horse Feathers, they keep the same riders, which I'm sure they were just thrilled to get that assignment. Chico was in a car accident. The production had to be halted for two months so he could recover. And of course, Groucho took the accident as a personal insult. Harpo started palling around with Marion Davies and the San crowd. Chico was a gambler, and it was said he was friends with Gable who was a notorious tightwad, I don't really see him gambling, but whatever, and Babe Ruth. Groucho moved his family into the Garden of Allah so they could be around the New York writers like Dorothy Parker. After 11 years of marriage, Ruth and Groucho live in separate bedrooms. She is a full-blown alcoholic at this point, but she doesn't want to divorce him because she's got this prestige of being married to a movie star. He doesn't beat her, but Groucho is extremely verbally abusive. When they have parties, he tells her that her food is god awful, even though it's not. He doesn't want to hear her thoughts or tells her they're stupid if i were her and i was gonna get yelled out anyways for everything especially for spending money i would have driven my happy ass downtown to bullocks and bought whatever i wanted if i'm gonna get yelled at at least make it be for something good i gotta get a little refreshment i'll be right back paramount went bankrupt and since the brothers couldn't get paid they said it's a breach of contract and formed the four marx brothers inc to produce their own films before they could get anyone interested in doing a movie with them, Frenchie died of a heart attack in 1933. They go back to Paramount and they do a political satire, even though Hollywood has yet to even acknowledge anything going on in Europe with the Nazis. One of the best lines in that movie is still relevant today. Who are you gonna believe, me or your own eyes? The press didn't like them criticizing dictators and said of Duck Soup, we're afraid these boys are all washed up. So Harpo goes to the Soviet Union with Wolcott, He told them he was Karl Marx's brother, and they just loved him over there. Zeppo became a talent agent, and Groucho went to Maine for a vacation. He tried his hand at serious acting and said, Acting is a racket. Being funny was way more difficult. I agree with that, a thousand percent. Chico plays Bridge with Irving Thalberg. He was the boy genius over at MGM. And he tells him, hey, we're available if you guys need somebody. So they go over to MGM and the first idea for A Night at the Opera was a flop musical sold to its backers. That is basically the producers. There are plenty of stories that have been told over and over about how the Marx Brothers didn't like that they had to wait for Thalberg. I don't find these stories funny. You're the new guys. You have to wait. Thalberg was busy doing other better movies like Mutiny on the Bounty, China Seas, Riff Raff. I know, they stripped down naked and roasted potatoes in his fireplace. Dude. I don't want to walk into my office and see a bunch of wrinkled middle-aged dudes squatting down roasting their nuts by the fire. No thank you. L.B. Mayer apparently did not understand their humor, didn't enjoy them as people, and was basically gunning for them to fail, although they had to wait a long time. It was a box office smash, making Groucho a lot nicer to be around at home. He started having parties, and the only brother who ever came was Harpo, who once brought George Gershwin as a guest. George ended up playing the piano for five hours straight. In the middle of the brothers making a day at the races, Irving Thalberg passed away, and they knew they were screwed. For Harpo, Irving's death was like a wake-up call. Two weeks later, he married Susan Fleming, and they had the happiest marriage of all the brothers. They ended up adopting four kids, and Harpo loved being at home with them. Susan had Groucho's number. She said, he destroys people's egos. If you're vulnerable, you have absolutely no protection from Groucho. He can only be controlled if he respects you, but if he loses respect, you're dead. With Thalberg gone, they looked for another studio and ended up going to RKO to do room service. Ann Miller and Lucille Ball were both in them, this is when they had no idea what the hell they were doing with their careers, and it only took five weeks to film. Groucho was unhappy doing films now, so he started going into the radio. He was on a show called The Circle, which consisted of Ronald Coleman as the president of the group, Carol Lombard was the woman's take, Carrie Grant kept the order, Groucho was the treasurer, and Chico was the heckling treasurer. This is the version of the view that we deserve. It should shock no one that Groucho loved Carol because she spoke like a man. She was the best. Around this time, Groucho considers buying 10 acres in the valley to start a farm. No, you're 50, you're not normal people, come on. Luckily, that doesn't happen. At this time, his son, Arthur, is at USC, but the only thing he's really good at is tennis. He tells his dad he wants to be a writer. Okay, you can quit college, but you have to spend the same amount of time that you did at school writing. Not long after that, he moved to New York City and became a gag writer for Milton Berle. Ruth and Groucho finally divorce, and Miriam wants to live with Groucho. So at 15, she plays hostess to all the parties newly single Groucho is throwing. This kind of sounds like it could be a movie. Bachelor dad and teenage daughter doing their own thing. They do have an oddly close relationship. I'm not insinuating anything gross. Just that he didn't treat her like a kid. It was more like a companion slash wife. It was not healthy. When she was little, he loved that she was a smartass, but as she gets older, it is not so cute to him. After doing A Night in Casablanca, which Jack Warner tried to sue them for using the word Casablanca. Get over yourself, Jack. Groucho married Kay Gorsi in 1945. Miriam, although she was away at college, hated this marriage. In 1946, Kay had a little girl named Melinda, and Groucho repeats the pattern of making the little girl the center of his universe and pushes Kay off to the side. Kay really tries to be the perfect housewife, but Groucho would say things to her like, if you don't shut up, I'm gonna throw you out in the gutter where you came from. He said that to her in front of guests, so God only knows what he said to her while they were all alone. Of course, now Kay becomes an alcoholic, and so is Miriam, who inherited it from her mom, Ruth. Did she, or was this brought on by her own weird relationship with her dad? Miriam went into a sanitarium and made a pretty interesting assessment about her relationship with Groucho. I do everything to fulfill my father's feelings about women. He hates them, and I prove him right he and Kay divorced around the time of love fever the last marx brothers movie Kay's mental health was not so great so melinda lived with groucho he really felt like a big loser doing a quiz show but you bet your life was a gigantic hit that went on for 14 years there were four categories there was also a secret word each episode so people could get bonus cash sometimes they would have some real dummies on who could not answer even one question correctly So Groucho came up with asking them the who's buried in Grant's tomb question. He also made Melinda be on the show a lot, which she hated and felt like it was just expected of her. Around this time, Arthur wrote a biography about his father with help from Groucho called My Life with Groucho. But Groucho did not like some of the true stories that were in the book. He told Arthur to change them or he's getting a lawyer. After he calmed down, he said, look, just change a few things here and there. But remember, If you play nice, I'm a rich man and I could leave you a lot of dough. Notice the word could, not will, used in that sentence. Again, Groucho marries a 20-something, Eden Hartford, and Arthur falls in love with his sister-in-law, and they get married. This family's a hot mess. The 1960s was not great for Groucho. Chico died in 1961, Harpo died in 1964, and Margaret Dumont went the following year. Melinda got married, and Groucho paid for a nice, big wedding for her, and less than two weeks later, she ran off with a different guy. Then in 1969, his wife Eden left him, and he started having many strokes. Arthur was doing a play in New York called Minnie's Boys, and he flew Groucho out to help. Well, it just turned into an old man reminiscing. So the producer of the play got his secretary to take Groucho on long walks around Central Park every day. By the end of the trip, he proposed to that secretary. She declined. Oh, and Shelley Winters played Minnie, which Groucho said, I don't want that Jewish broad playing my mother. Bro, your mom was a Jewish broad. In 1971, he hired a woman named Erin Fleming to become a manager slash companion. She refused money but wanted room and board. They were definitely banging. When Chaplin came back to Hollywood to get his honorary Oscar, he noticed Groucho had a little pep in his step and he said, stay warm, you're next. Two years later, Groucho got his own honorary Oscar, but that was not the next Chaplin was meaning. There's a book called Raised Eyebrows by this guy who was at UCLA, and he was a big Marx Brothers fan. He called up Harry Ruby, like picked up the Yellow Pages and called him. Then Harry got in touch with Groucho and boom, in 1974, this little dude becomes in charge of all the fan mail and Marx Brothers paraphernalia. There's another book out by a guy who was a lucille ball fan that's kind of similar to this what i'm taking away is that if you're an old movies fan in the 1970s you could literally call these old movie stars up and become their pals because they were so lonely what a time to be alive while groucho was in the hospital for another stroke aaron has him make her his executive producer coordinator and secretary She also has him put in writing that she gets 10% from his personal appearances, 50% net income from his records, and 25% of all earnings after the agent's commissions. Oh yeah, we're talking elder abuse now. Bet you didn't see that coming. She knows that Groucho is not going to marry her. So, she converts to Judaism and has him file papers to legally adopt her in 1975. He doesn't want to adopt her. I mean, he's already got two other daughters but he's scared she's going to leave, even though she yells at him and is super verbally abusive. I know, I know, he was verbally abusive. Isn't this paybacks? Uh, it's not a level playing field, man. He's old. Or maybe since Aaron was a real domineering bitch like Minnie, she just reminded him of mommy. At this time, Miriam ends up in a hospital because the people who were caring for her basically locked her in a room with a pot to piss in and beat the hell out of her. So she escaped from a window while in the hospital she finally gets sober and shows up at groucho's with a lawyer because she knew aaron was trash aaron gets super paranoid and she hires private eyes to check the house for being bugged they find a big bag of drugs and needles in the storm drain outside and she just tells them hey man just bury it in the backyard she had been sedating groucho so the private eyes Take this to the cops. His grandson, Andy, becomes his conservator, and Groucho ended up passing away August 15th, 1977. His death was overshadowed by Elvis' death three days later. When asked how he wanted to be remembered, Groucho said, alive. If not that way, then dead. He now rests, and has a marker, at Eden Memorial Park in LA. After he's laid to rest, there is a big court showdown over money and Aaron was sued by the Bank of America and had to pay over $400,000 back because she siphoned it from his estate. She was straight up mentally ill. She became homeless and ended up blowing her brains out in 2003. There is no doubt that Groucho was a very funny and witty man, but does he belong at our party? Sorry to my bros who listen, but this is a no for me, dog. I don't need to worry about one of my guests being an absolute asshole to the ladies at my party. So sorry, this funny guy kind of turned out to be a bummer. Thanks for listening to Hollywood Party. For more information about this episode, head over to HollywoodPartyPodcast.com and follow us on Instagram. If you like the show, tell every single person you know. Like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Anchor or whatever you use to listen to this. See you next week.